Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. We're stepping into the second week of, of uh, the fruit of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, the fruit. And uh, we, all, we all know how valuable fresh fruit is for us. Uh, it's a great thing. Uh, it's great to live in Kansas where we get like uh, fresh apples. We, uh, I don't know about fresh bananas and fresh oranges and those things, but we get them from other places, right? And uh, so, uh, you know, apples or uh, fruit is really important for us. You know, other than like I talked to, to you, with you last week, not like those plastic oranges, you know, those, those candy oranges that are in a bag that you pay five twenty-five at the at the counter at the quick shop for, you know. That's, that's, that's yeah, sure, you may like them, but only because it's like, uh, you need a sugar rush. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, most of us have heard stories of people traveling across the seas uh, back years ago in history when they would go from found the new the new land, the new world, right, and those kind of places they would they would uh, travel all over the world, and they ran into problems because they didn't have fresh fruit with them all the time. They didn't always have veggies, right? H- how, do you, how do you have a garden on one of those old school wooden ships, you know? Uh, I don't know that that would work too well. Maybe they did, I didn't know it. But, uh, but one of the things they ran into because they didn't have the fresh fruit with them was things like scurvy. Because you know, they don't have the vitamin C, right, that they need. And, and it was common in the past these uh, long-distance sailors, because uh, they didn't eat enough uh, fruit and vegetables. Although it's rare today, scurvy is still seen in people who don't eat enough fruit and vegetables. Same kind of dead thing happens, right? And uh, so now, now some of us, uh, you know, we kind of want to ignore this idea of fruit and vegetables, right? We, maybe you don't like fruit, or maybe you don't like vegetables. I don't know. Uh, maybe you want to stay away from those, but they're good for us. Uh, sometimes the first things that come to our mind, maybe you're like me and the th- first thing you think of is brownies. Uh, or or may- maybe the first thing you think of is tortilla chips and that big bowl of queso. Uh, and, you know, so, you know, there's some of these things that you kind of like and, you, you, you know, well, it's probably not the best for me. So, you know, uh, you know one, time I, uh, one time I took a family member to the doctor some years ago. And uh, when we went, uh, the doctor was a neurologist and he went through and assessed all this uh, situation at hand. And, and it came down to some very basic things. And uh, they needed the natural nutrients provided in things like apples and bananas and potatoes and these kinds of things. Uh, and so we, so we asked the doctor, can we just take a supplement uh, to, to be able to cover all those nutrients we're needing? I thought that somebody had slapped that doctor in the face and he was ready to come out fighting. Uh, he was like, what? And his words back to us was, uh, was something like this, with a raised voice, by the way. He says, everyone thinks they can take a magic pill and get better, but you simply need to eat fruit and it will straighten out your problem. And so then he uh, proceeded to continue to go on and explain and for quite a long time. And so it kind of reminds us how important fruit really is to us. Uh, on our, our daily intake, but, but I know we're not really talking about fruit from this angle, right? We're not necessarily talking about the intake, but we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit 
that works through our lives that comes from the Holy Spirit who lives in those of us who say yes to Jesus. We put our faith in him. And so remember what the Bible says about you when you come to faith in Christ. It's here on the, on the overhead for you. It says, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says these words. The apostle Peter writes it, and he says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed. In other words, not of seed that's going to rot and go away, but of imperishable uh, through the living and enduring word of God. We know that the Holy Spirit has been planted in our hearts as a pledge. He is planted in our hearts once we come to faith in Christ and we've been renewed. It's this supernatural fruit is something which is produced through your life in Christ. Being in Christ is so important for us. It's everything. Now, this is what Paul writes to us over in the book of Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22 and and a few verses after that, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, right? We talked about that before. We don't need to have a law to 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 tell us the good things we need to do. And then he goes on in verse 24 and says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In other words, we're getting those things under control in our lives and allow, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us. Then he says in verse 25, Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. It's being led of the Holy Spirit. We're allowing the Spirit of God to guide our lives on an dev- everyday basis. We're letting Him work in us. And then in verse 26 he says this, Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So he goes on and he he lays out a few other things there. So we want to look at three different fruit this morning from Galatians chapter 5. And the first one, you know, I'm going to use uh, three words here because it just, uh, because you're depending on the translation you have. So one one translation calls it long-suffering. Uh, and one calls it forbearance, and those there seem like million-dollar words, right? They seem like they're they're the big expensive words, and we look at them and, and, at face value and say, "I have no idea what that means." Well, uh, the the new living uh, the new uh, living translation actually calls it peace, but peace doesn't really do justice of what this original word is there that's translated long-suffering and forbearance. But have you, have you ever prayed to the Lord, Lord, you have to help me deal with this person you put in my life? Have you ever had to do that? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, yeah. And so we've all had to do that at one point or the other. And at times we all become frustrated maybe with someone else. And sometimes our level of frustration can come, come to a boiling point if we don't keep it under control. And, and maybe it's your child, maybe it's a co-worker, maybe it's one of your employees. You know, there could be so many different uh, people. But like everyone, we need a healthy dose of patience, especially if we're going to be successful to get along with other people in this world. We may even need patience uh, with ourselves as we grow because sometimes we do have to be patient with ourselves, don't we? 
Because, you know, have you ever been there? Have you ever been in this situation? You're, you're, you're walking with a bunch of friends somewhere, and all of a sudden you, you get clumsy and you trip over your own feet and you fall down. And what do you do? You get frustrated with yourself. It's like, how can I have let that happen? Uh, well, and, you know, it's like, and you don't even have size 14 feet. You know, maybe, maybe it's just size 6 or something like that. I don't know. But, but sometimes it happens for us. Uh, sometimes uh, we, should, we should not give ourselves an excuse, but we need to be willing to grow. We need to be willing to grow over time. So we, we may need patience with ourselves as we grow. Uh, it's important for us to be able to do that. Uh, the purposes of God often develop slowly in our lives. Sure, he does that. There's a quick work that he does in us, but then there's the, the rest of it tends to be. And once in a while, he may do a few quick works in our lives, but then normally he works in that, that slow, that crock pot level. You know what I'm talking about, right? You throw, your, you throw your stuff in the crock pot, you throw that chicken leg in the crock pot, you throw some potatoes. What I don't know, I'm not a cook, so I'm not good at that. I, and I may get in trouble uh, right now because Jody's going to say, you don't put those together. I don't know. You put something in there right? And what do you do? You turn it on and you let that thing cook over a period of time. And then you come back, you open it up and you say, that is delicious. Uh, and so what? It's, it takes time, right? It takes time. And in God's uh, designs, his amazing designs usually happen in a slower pace. A, one of the great preachers, his name was Philip uh, Phillips Brooks. He was known for his poise and he was a quiet guy. And at times, he even suffered times of frustration, and he could be irritable. And one day, one of his friends saw him. He was pacing back and forth, kind of like a caged lion. And so he engaged him and says, what's the trouble? And he asked him, and the trouble is that I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. <laughs> I can't get God to move faster, you know. And so I'm sure most of us have felt that way. It's kind of like... Come on, God, are you going to put things together in my lifetime or are you going to wait till later, you know? And we may say things like, where's the healing or when are you going to help me work through these family troubles? Or, you know, we can go on and on. But, but we have to trust in him, whether it's in the crockpot setting or if he chooses to do a miracle quick, that's fine. And we need to trust him for it. But even some of the great missionaries of the past were devoted to planting the seeds of God's word and yet had to wait long periods before they ever saw the fruit of their efforts. Sometimes it just takes a while before things come together. And so we can see that through several different missionaries. William Carey who worked in the 1700s in India and it took him seven years before uh, he ever received uh, or he ever saw a Hindu converted to faith in Christ. And then, then you had Judson who served seven years before his faithful preaching was rewarded. And in, in Western Africa, the, some, of the, some of the missionaries that came into those places, it took them 14 years before they received faithful, uh, before, they, uh, before they were rewarded for their faithful work. And then in New Zealand, it took nine years uh, and in Tahiti, now everybody thinks of Tahiti, right? They think, well, that'd be cool to go there, island nation type of thing, get to hang out, get to, get to uh, drink my Coke on the beach, on the sand, you know, and all that. But you got to realize in some of these places, the gospel has went before them, before us, before you ever went to Tahiti. Uh, has anybody been to Tahiti? 
Nobody wants to raise their hand now anyway. But, but anyway, so uh, it took them 16 years before the first people came to Christ there in that place. Thomas Akempis, a great writer, he described this kind of patience in this way. He kind of writes this a little old English. He, he deserves not the name patience who is will, only willing to suffer as much as he thinks proper and for whom he pleases. So, so what do we get out of this? What do we get out of things like this? We don't get to choose God's timing for us, and we don't get to choose how long the struggle really is. Uh, but what we do get to choose is being faithful and becoming willing to be patient with the Lord and willing to be patient while we wait on the hand of God. We have to be willing to trust Him no matter what's happening in our lives. We need to continually to, uh, we need to continue to be faithful and trust Him. You know, even the book of James tells us these, this over in James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Uh, it, it's, it says this. Uh, in the older new NIV, it says it a little bit different. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and, and entire, wanting nothing. This is a little bit more of the, of the struggle of patience, which comes from having uh, your faith tried. You know, that, that can happen. That's a little bit, type, a little bit different type of patience here. Uh, and maybe you've been there. You've been uh, walking through something in your life, and you're like, hey, God, I want this done now. I'd like to see this happen now or that happen now. And it, sometimes it just takes a while. But, but this is this kind of patience where uh, we're willing to, we have to be willing, right, to, to wait by faith and endurance. But here in the book of Galatians, we're seeing a little bit different view of patience because these are actually two different Greek words for patience. So in, in James chapter 1, verse 3, and in James uh, 5, th uh, 22, so in James, the word is hupomone, uh, uh, which means abiding under something. So you're abiding under something. So you may say you're living under the pain of waiting for God to work. You could say it that way. Kind of, you're, you're hanging out, you're living under the pain, waiting for God to work. In other words, you're, you're doing that in faith, right? Uh, but, but you're there in that place. And, and let's look at what, uh, 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 this really is a type of growing, enduring patience. It's something that God is working in us while we're waiting. Waiting's not fun, is it? It's usually not the thing you get up in the morning and say, God, I can't wait to wait another day. No, that's not what we usually do, do we? We usually get up with expectation and say, God, I can't wait to see what's going to happen today, right? And, and expectation is good and it's important for us, but there is that time where we are waiting on God and we're waiting in this situation and we're allowing Him to work in His timing. But let's look at what the Apostle Paul is talking about when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit here. Because as we look over here in Galatians chapter 5, 22, we see these words. We see that word long-suffering, I think it's King James, and or patience uh, and, uh, is another fruit of the Spirit from that uh, Apostle Paul wrote about in Galatians 5, 22. But 
it comes from this Greek word. The, the original word is uh, macro, uh, macrothumia, which is a compound word of macros, uh, and it means long or distant. And then the word uh, thumos, which is meaning anger or a strong and growing passion about something. So if you put those two words together, it becomes a compound word in the Greek. And together, these words depict the, the patient restraint of anger. Interesting. So not just the, the simple, uh, not just the simple uh, patience that we may think of, but it's, a, it's that restraint of anger or, anger or strain, restraint of, uh, of passion. Because usually passionate people can be, have anger challenges, but angry people can have passionate. You know, they can be passionate. So uh, you're kind of looking at this here. And this is a little different than what you may expect when you read the New Living Translation that calls it patience, uh, because that word there in that setting may not give you the, uh, under the full force of what the Apostle Paul is saying here. That's why forbearance or, or long-suffering help explain it a little bit. This is a fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in us as we give Him to space to work in our lives, Right? As we give him that place and we say yes, like, the, like we sang this morning, as we give him the place to work in our lives, we must give him the place. Do we have to? No, we don't have to. But, but he wants us to because he knows that as we give him space, he can work in our lives. He can transform our situations. He can help us through. See, giving God space to help us so that we can restrain the anger or those deep passions within. So what is forbearance? What is this forbearance or patience? We can look at it this way. Say, say you have a loan and you've been faithful to pay that loan. You, you've paid that loan all the time, all the time. You've done that. And, and then you come into a hard time, right? Things get really difficult and you're, you feel really cinched down on it. And you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so you go to the lender and you talk to them. And they, they give you forbearance. So they, they, they grant you this time of forbearance. So in other words, you can, you can wait for a month or two before you have to start repaying it again because of your crisis. And so this kind of, this kind of patience, what it's doing, this kind of forbearance or long-suffering, it's what it's doing is giving you some grace. And don't we all need Grace. We all need grace in our lives, and that's what this kind of thing is. It's, it's about giving others grace. Can, now, can, does it make a little sense now this morning? So when you're dealing with other people and they become difficult, you're dealing with that employee that makes you pull your hair out, or you're dealing with all of those people that call you friend, and, or, uh, or you're dealing with this individual that, that is your child or, or uh, aunt or uncle, and, and, and it's frustrating you, you got to give, maybe you have to give them grace we have to be able to apply that in our lives and allow the give the lord space so that we can learn to give out that grace because we do learn don't we part of it is learning and part of it is just being willing to say god here i am as i am i need your help with this and he is willing to work in our lives so long suffering or patience is really so different 
than the works of the flesh, which easily get angered and says things that regrets later or does things that regrets later. And if you don't allow long-suffering to work in you, you will end up frustrated with everyone all the time, including with yourself, because that can happen, and we just don't want to walk that direction. We want to allow the Lord to have that space to help us. So as you invite the Holy Spirit to supernaturally produce long-suffering in you, you can become more tolerant of others, more peaceful within yourself, and a lot more loving and patient towards those you, you love and you need so much. So let's look at what the Apostle Paul goes on to say over in the book of Colossians. Over in Colossians, in chapter 3, verse 12 to 15, the apostle says the, uh, he, he kind of is relating to some similar attributes here uh, as, he was, as he was bringing it out in Galatians 5. But he says this in, in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Patience, this is the same Greek word that is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And, then, and it's interesting here, it's a fruit of the Spirit, but he also says here, shows here that it's also something that we can clothe ourselves with. There's some elements to this, and there's some depth of this that we need to allow to work in our lives. One, it's yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit, but then it's also clothing ourselves with these, what, putting them on, right? When I, when I put my shirt on in the morning, I put my shirt on, it's something I do. And so that means we have to do that. You put your socks, you put your shoes on, it's something that you do. But then he says in verse 13, this is interesting, because he kind of gets it in context here. It gives us a better understanding about all these attributes. And he says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Then he says, Forget, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Puts it in perspective, Right? Uh, puts it in perspective, that takes you back into the book of Mark uh, and where he talks about praying and, and, and forgiveness there. And in, in verse 14 he says, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now if you'll remember from last week, we talked about love being one of the fruit of the Spirit, and that was the chief one, Right? And so here the Apostle Paul's writing to a whole different church, those guys over in Colossae, and then he, and he says, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. He said that puts it all together. It's the glue, right? Did you realize that love is really that kind of a glue? It's pretty important. Uh, yesterday, I, I'm, you know, I do a little bit of hobbies. I work on cars and stuff and for fun a little, bit, a little bit. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it makes you pull your hair out. That's why I have short hair. And, uh, but anyway, uh, so I, I was doing this process called brazing. And brazing, you take this, uh, this torch, and it's hot. It's really hot. It's so hot it turns steel red. And so I'm doing this, and I take the brass rod. And it has a little bit of flux on there, and you, you puddle it together, and you glue it all together. And some say, well, that's fusion. No, that's like arc welding and these other kinds of things where you fuse the metal, and they actually become one. But brazing is not like that. 
brazing as I, uh, you guys that don't like that kind of stuff, please bear with me for just a moment. Uh, but you would look at it, once it's brazed together, you see these two colors of steel together and this, bra this, this brass colored line there where they're brazing together and you cannot break it. Well, you may if it wasn't done right, but, but you, you, it's going to be very hard to break it. You'll probably rip the rest of the metal before you break that. But it's glue. Basically, it's bonding it together. It's not fusing it together to make it one, but it sure looks like it. And that's kind of what love is like. It, it binds us together. It bonds us together. When we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, it, it, it binds us together. Then he goes on there in verse uh, 15 of Colossians 3, and he says this, and he kind of wraps it up with this. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Interesting. You were called to peace. You weren't called to be, just be nice. You weren't called just to uh, be godly. Those, those you are, yes, but, but it's more than that. We were even called to peace. We need to keep that in mind in the days that we live. We need to keep that in mind in a, uh, in a politicized world. We still need to remember that what our calling is. We have to be able to step back and say, oh, I am called to peace. Even in a world that comes together like this, uh, sometimes believers come together like this, but we have to learn that we have been called to peace. Let's look back at, and in Galatians 5, we see there the next, the next uh, fruit that we're going to look at, which is gentleness. This is the second one this morning. And gentleness is another one of the fruit the Lord wants to work in and through our lives. But the word gentleness comes from the Greek word krestotes, uh, which means to show kindness or to be friendly to others. So a gentleness, right? And it often describes a ruler back in the day, a, a, a ruler that uh, this, this ruler or governors or people who were kind and mild and benevolent to their subjects. So not, not, a, not a, a terror type of ruler, but no, a, a gentle ruler. And one scholar even said that when, when the word Christotis is applied to interhuman uh, inter uh, relationships, it conveys this idea of being adaptable to others. Now, sometimes when people hear that word, they're like, you're talking compromise, and the hair comes back on the back of their necks, and they want to growl and get into a fist fight, right? Or as they say in the South, they want to bow up, they're ready to fight, right? Because it's like, no, 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 I'm not giving in, or I'm not giving up. Okay, well, you need to allow the Spirit of God to work in your life. We need to allow what this gentleness, this fruit, where does it come from? Where does this fruit come from? The Spirit, right? It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit Himself, right? It comes from Him. And so we need to be able to allow that to work in us. And so, but here's the thing. We've been called of God to be gentle. Not only this, but when you have come to faith, he has planted the seed of his Holy Spirit in your life. That's for every follower of Jesus. It means if the, his, his spirit is in you, the fruit of the spirit are available to you. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to use all those but, but it's as we stay in step with the Holy Spirit, right? We have to. 
And really our goal should be to use every one of them and let them work through our lives, each one of them. We really need them in us, especially in the day that we live in. And so he gives them, he's made, he's made them available to us. We just have to move over a little bit and give the Holy Spirit space to let him work gentleness through our lives. So the, you end up being adaptable to others. Now, that's, it's not being an accommodationist. That's not what I'm saying where you say that big word and where you're saying, you know what, oh, they're this way, so I'm going to be this way. No, no, you still hold your values. You still say, I believe in the Word of God, and so I'm going to follow the values of Scripture and what the Word of God teaches me. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to give up like that, but, but you can still show kindness and be friendly. The truth is, it is a supernatural work of God when we become adaptable to meet the needs of others around us even. But, but that's, exa that's exactly what Jesus did for us, didn't he? he? That was something that he did. He had laid aside his glory and took on the form of a servant so that he might reach us and bring us to God. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work, to work in this, with this kind of gentleness through your life? And you don't have to answer me out loud, but stop and think and, and look at your life and say, am I allowing the Holy Spirit to work gentleness through my life? And if you haven't, really listen to what we have been called to be like. And maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you've been trying, but allow the Holy Spirit and make sure you give him place. But here's what the scripture tells us about what we are to be like. And it comes from the uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 7. And the Holy Spirit is, is working on the Apostle Paul, and he's writing here, and he says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being, ver being in, the, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, he humbled himself, right? That is what he did. He humbled himself. You, you and I are called to be servants. We're called to be servants. We aren't called to have high status. And some may have this high kind of status or maybe the responsibility. But you have still been called to take on the nature of a servant, each one of us, right? Everyone. We're all called to take on that nature of a servant. The nature of a servant includes gentleness, doesn't it? It's one of those things that it includes. And so we need to look at ourselves. And when we recognize ourselves not being gentle at times, then we may need to step back a hair bit and say, Okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to step in here and help me because I know that I'm not being gentle. And that's that. we just have to be ready that fast. And sometimes it takes us a while. I don't know if you're like me or not. Maybe it takes us a while and we have to, and the Lord is saying, hey, are you getting it, Chad? He's usually speaking here, right? The devil usually beats up here. But we need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives so that we can be gentle. Have you ever met one of those people who are bigger in life because their gentleness. Uh, maybe you've met them, you've known them, maybe you, you, maybe you are one, but you don't think of yourself that way. And 
uh, but maybe you have a, a, grand, a grandparent like that or a relative or a friend or a neighbor. I remember meeting this preacher and missionary. He was, he's actually a world-renowned missionary. He was about 70 at the time, back in about 90, 93 or 4. I think it's 94. And uh, uh, he had served in more countries than I even knew existed. Uh, he, he spoke, I don't know how many languages he spoke. Uh, but, but I was helping to move his office to another part of the building. Uh, and we had some younger guys that was there too. Because I, you know, I was in my 20s and, he, and there were some 18-year-olds that were assisting too. And the guy didn't know, he didn't know that these guys uh, were there helping. He, in fact, he thought they were just playing around and messing around because they got in. It was, you, you know how it is. And so, and then, so he really gave one of these guys a hard time. And it was after he did that, uh, one, of the, one of the administrators said, hey, they're, they're actually helping. They're not, they're not here to mess around or anything. And, you know, he has documents and stuff. He, they can't see documents that they shouldn't be looking at and all that kind of stuff. And, and, so, and so they said, no, they're, they're, just, they're helping. And so the old preacher... I remember, I, I witnessed it myself, he, he comes up to that young man and he uh, very humbly and very kindly apologizes to him. Gentleness, gentleness. And, and sure, he, uh, sure, he had got onto him before, but it was kind of that situation where he thought he was doing something he wasn't supposed to. But he comes in, he steps in and he apologizes to him and uh, really my respect went up for him that day quite a bit when I saw how he handled that situation. And uh, he had to give way to the fruit of the Spirit and humble himself. So important for us as followers of Jesus to give way to the Spirit, to let the fruit of gentleness to start to work in our lives, to work through our lives, to be the person who is friendly and become the person who reaches out with kindness and grace. Learn to become adaptable towards others. We all need to work in these areas. We need all of the fruit of the Spirit, right? And see, really, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, although they're related, they're not quite the same. And you may not have every, every gift of the Spirit, uh, and maybe there's just a couple ones that, you, you, that God puts through your life, but, but the fruit of the Spirit, really, we all want every one of those working in us. We actually need them all. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit, he makes them available to us. He said, hey, here they are, guys. All you got to do is come up to the table and eat. So take part in them. We have, to become, we have to learn to become adaptable towards others. And today is an opportunity for you to start giving space to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can start working through you with gentleness on these others. Forbearance. Let's look at the final attribute, this final fruit for today. It's the fruit of goodness. And, and goodness there in Galatians 5.22 as well. And it, it, the Greek word uh, for goodness here is agathosune, which comes from the word agathos. And that's what you thought, right? Uh, and agathos means good, right? Uh, it means good. And so, but when agathos becomes the word agathosune, it means goodness in the sense of being good to other people. So, you know, just having, just being good is one thing, but being uh, a goodness in the sense of being good to someone else is really important. And this shows how we either respond to someone or how we choose to treat someone. 
And so it's something we all have to work at, and this is one of the fruits. So, so goodness is an outgrowth of the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? It's an outgrowth from the Holy Spirit. And when Christ comes into your heart, you can expect there is this heart change. We know the heart changes when we come to faith in Jesus. And so when Christ comes into your heart, you can expect that. But so the, so the want to on the inside of you should change. I think that's really where it starts. I think that it's the want to. You know, we may not have changed on the outside very much. And we may not have changed our thinking totally once we come to faith. But there needs to be, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, it tends to be that he changes the want to in our hearts. And then as he changes this want to in our hearts, then he starts working in our lives in a different way because we want to change. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. And then that means it gives us the idea, hey, I'm going to give the Lord opportunity here to work in my life. We need to be able to let him work in us. He wants to. He desires to do that. So this, this, this goodness is important, being good to someone else. So the want to changes, you, you want to be good to someone, and this doesn't mean you won't run into issues at times when you don't want to be nice, right? Have you ever been there? And so, and so maybe you don't, there's times like that, but you give way to the Spirit and let Him work the goodness, that, this goodness through your life. You know, the Bible says over in Acts 10, it shows us that the fruit of the Spirit operated in a great way in the life of Jesus. Uh, and he went about doing good. And, uh, and the words doing good are, are from uh, the euergeteo, which in the Greek, which refers to a benefactor or a philanthropist, or basically somebody who helps others financially. Uh, to support uh, charitable type works and those kind of things. But Jesus didn't only uh, perform supernatural works, although he did, and he healed many, he did many miracles, he did all those things, and we thank God for that. But that wasn't the only thing he did. He also cared for the poor. He fed the needy, and he used the resources that he had and the ministry that he had with his disciples to meet the needs of many different human beings. So meeting the physical needs of other people is an act of goodness. Have you ever thought about it? It's an act of goodness. And Jesus did and still longs to do these things through us today. That's why we, we support things like uh, Convoy of Hope, right? And some may think to yourself, you know what, I, I am no philanthropist. I, I, that's for rich people. I'm not a philanthropist. Well, you may not be rich in stuff, but when you're a follower of Jesus... He's in your heart. You are rich because you have Christ. If you have Christ, you have the Lord. You have everything that you need. Remember, he was with the Father in the beginning when everything was created. We have to remember those things. And with him inside of us, it changes everything. Out of the, out of the fruit of goodness in your heart, you can be the kind of person who makes the ministries of the kingdom of God go around. Whether you support with finances or in service or what, but uh, just remember you and I are called to be like Christ. And we can have an impact on our world around us. We can have an impact in the world of the lives of other people around us as well. What does Acts 10.38 say? We see it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around 
doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. That's what he did because God was with him. And God, God has called you too and so that you can do good to others. Pray for your coworker when they're sick. You say, well, I have a coworker. I don't know if I can do that. Well, be, be modest, be careful, be wise. Uh, uh, sly as a serpent and harmless as a dove, right? And, and offer to do so. You know, you may not necessarily pull out the anointing oil in the, mid, uh, the middle of work and put it on them and, and say, in the name of Jesus, you may not do that, but you may just say a quiet prayer with them. And the Holy Spirit is not limited to loud prayers or to quiet prayers. He can work in any situation. We just give him the opportunity, right? Now, there may be the time that you lay hands on them like that in the name of Jesus. That's fine. You probably better not do it at work. You may not, it may not work out very well, but we have to be open to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. Pick up the bill for his jelly donut at break. <laughs> do what you can to invest in the lives of people. Let goodness run through your life. Encourage them when, when their family is going through a crisis. So remember what I said last, last week, that love is that chief attribute. It's that chief fruit in the fruit of the Spirit of God. Goodness comes from this. Give the Holy Spirit the freedom to do good through your life. But you say again, you know what, I'm not a philanthropist. You know, sometimes people will come up with these things because it's like, well, I just don't know that I can do something like that. Maybe you're not a philanthropist, but you are kings and priests in Christ. And you can share of his goodness as he's, what he's placed in your heart. When we walk with Christ in faith, he can do a great thing. There's some of you right here in this building who have become people who let Christ work through you for ministries like Royal Family Kids Camp. You know, you, you invested in the life of a child who was walking through some real tough stuff and as, as a foster kid, but you, you invested in them. You gave them time. You, you, care, you showed your care and you showed them love as Jesus would do. It, it's as simple as that. What you did may have changed the trajectory of a child. Others, you've invested in that, that one homeless person only to see them to get back on their feet again. You helped them to find Christ, to make a life for themselves. Others, you've given to some of our 16 missionaries or so, families around the world who have turned, uh, who have impact, uh, who in turn have impact into the communities and the, and the nations that they live in. Even in tough places where missionaries can't go, Right? They've been there. Others, you've helped with church planning projects and have gave, gave and worked until that ministry came off the ground to see people come to Christ. As we wrap this up, we, we have to ask ourselves some questions. Does the Holy Spirit have enough freedom to produce goodness in my life? Can you ask that question to yourself? To, to, uh, do, does he have enough space to work long-suffering and gentleness in and through your life? Have you been able to give grace to somebody? It doesn't look like they shouldn't get grace, right? Isn't that, the way, isn't that what grace is about? They don't necessarily deserve it. At least we perceive that. But we, that's when we need to give grace. We, we, we forgive as we have been forgiven, right? But God has done something in us to help us to affect. We're going to affect this generation 
in the generation to come. As long as the Lord still tarries, as long as we still wait on Him, we need to continue to have an impact in this world that we are living in. This is the, today is the time. This is the day. We can't wait for tomorrow or next year or next month. We have to allow Him to work in us at this time. You've been called for such a time as this, each and every one of us. You're called to let the fruit of the Spirit work through your life. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, and on it, uh, and ultimately to us, he said this over in the book of John, John 15, 16. He says, you did not choose me. You thought you did, buddy. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and that fruit will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. That's big stuff, friends. That's big. It really kind of correlates to what a little bit of what uh, the Lord was saying to Isaiah when he was calling him. Isaiah, was he, was he was coming to this place where he was recognizing that, hey, God is speaking into my life here. But ultimately, he did have to say, here, my Lord, send me. But the call came from God, didn't it? It was the call came from God, and he started recognizing you've been called. It doesn't matter who you are. You, you've been called, you're, what, and what are you going to do about it? What step are you going to take today? You know, honestly, that part really depends on you. Because we all have a will, we all have a heart, and we all have to be able to follow the Lord. And it's going to depend on us. And are you willing to give the Holy Spirit space in your life to work? Are you willing to let Him manifest His fruit through your life? You know, we don't want to finish our life up or get to the end and say, you know what, I should have done this. I should have walked this direction. You know what, we have the choice. Every day we have a choice. We have the choice to, to make, uh, uh, we can turn, right? You know, you can be driving down a highway out in the middle of the desert, and usually there's still some offshoot roads that you can go off of. You could pull off the road and go another direction if you want to. We've been called, but what are we going to do about it? Are you willing to let him manifest his fruit through your life? Say, I want to let the Spirit of God work in me. You, you can make that choice and, and say to him, yes, Lord, I will give you space in my life. But what are you going to say to the Lord this morning? I don't have to know what it is that you're going to say to the Lord. And if you want to tell me, that's great. But I tell you, you've you got to be willing to say it to the Lord. And it is important to be able to hold ourselves accountable one with another you can make the cho choice today to say, Lord, I am going to give you space. I'm going to let you do what you want to do in me. Let's pray. Father, you've called us, you've chosen us, each and every one of us. You've called us to bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. You, you've called us to be able to live out of the fruit of the Spirit which you have put inside of us and made available to those of us who follow Jesus. And I pray that, Father God, that you would just continue to fill us with your grace and your presence. But Lord, help us to be able to turn around and to share that grace and to offer that grace to others around us because you desire to do that very thing. Father, we offer ourselves to you this morning. 
why don't you just tell him in your own words this morning that Lord I give my life to you this morning I offer myself to you I give you space in my life Father we we give you space we give you space Lord may you may you work in us may you continue to transform us Lord Father God, may you change us into a, into a person that you have called us to be. We don't want to stay the same old way we have been for the last five years, 10 years, or 30 years. Or we want to grow, Lord, in you. Help us, Lord. May you work through our lives, Jesus. We yield ourselves to you this morning.